Hello and welcome to the Rangers Rundown, the internet's foremost fantasy baseball podcast. Uh, our pro tip of the week, pick up Eddie Butler, new closer, Texas Rangers. Couple of saves on the season. It looks like he could be the next big thing. That's our pro tip brought to you by me, unendorsed entirely by my co-host tonight. I'm joined by Hayden. Hey guys. And playing the role of Mike is Kevin Carter. Hey y'all. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Another great season uh, in Frisco in the books. Uh, season ended for me on Friday, so a little, uh, a little sad about that. Yeah, seasons in the books. The Texas Rangers are also done playing, from what I gather. I think they're just going to take off the month of <laughs> September, try and maintain that standing in the draft. I think they're sitting at eighth right now, right ahead of that uh, faded Atlanta Braves comp pick at nine, which we were talking a couple episodes ago is definitely going to screw Texas over and they're going to end yeah. up with the 10th pick somehow. I don't, I don't think there is a single universe where that, where the Rangers don't pick ninth. <laughs> yeah. The only, the only option. If there's one thing, you know, about the MLB draft and the Texas Rangers, other than taking toolsy kids from Georgia, it's getting screwed by count picks. <laughs> And whoever goes in that comp pick is going to be good. Like the Braves are going to get somebody transcendent. Yeah, like <sighs> Kyle Tucker or the Alex Bregmans. Of the They're going to Bregman us. Yeah. And I will be very sad. Although I will go and see one of the, like, I think almost every one of the Braves minor league affiliates is the Braves. I think they have one team that isn't. They're they're just all Braves, so I will I will go and find that guy somewhere in the the deep south and watch him play minor league baseball for a while. Owning so your uh, owning your minor league clubs is the new market efficiency. So yeah, so the Rangers just own down east, right? They do own down east. I think, I think they own a couple of them nowadays. Um, you know, I'm not going to say any names since I don't exactly remember, but they own, they own a <laughs> few at least. Okay, that's cool. And I mean, I know there hasn't been anything officially released on it, but we do know that Round Rock will not be the Rangers affiliate next year and will almost certainly, barring Meteor Impact, be the Astros affiliate. Is, uh, from what I understand, it's Nashville and San Antonio are the only that's, two real options? That's what I'm hearing. And I, I think I've heard some people you know, just grumble that it's probably going to be San Antonio, but... And, you know, it could be 50-50. For, it's, it's just rumor at this point of which it's going to be. So, and, you know, you, obviously the Rangers would probably rather have San Antonio, but there are some ballpark and clubhouse things that they got to figure out to make sure that it's AAA ready. Um, other than if that doesn't happen, you're probably looking at a Nashville um, Rangers AAA team. I mean, I, I've said before, I wouldn't like super hate them being in Nashville. That's within driving distance for me, which would be nice. But I will, of course, probably move like as soon as the Rangers announce that an affiliate is within driving distance of me. I will be dragged somewhere else that they do not play. So that'll be fun. So San Antonio, that's where Texas usually plays a spring training game, right? Yes. They play it indoors? Yeah. The yeah. Missions have really a weird. real stadium though, right? They play like yeah. in an outdoor. Okay, so I have not been to San Antonio in like twenty years. So <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a project. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, oh, don't don't say that around John Daniels. They hear <laughs> they hear project and minor league and the Rangers ears perk up and they're all yeah. about that. I can't say that the Sound Stadium is very nice. Uh, they have excellent food options. And I did not get to see Joey Gallo play there because he was on like a one game benching and I was quite pissed about it. Also, it rained. But yeah, I watched, uh, I saw Kyle Loesch start that game. <laughs> Didn't see Joey Gallo, but I did see Kyle Loesch. So, minor league baseball, you get what you pay for sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. But, yeah, I think people have been getting a lot more than they were uh, maybe paying for in Frisco of late. So when we first had you on here a couple of months ago, Frisco kind of sucked, and there wasn't a whole lot of interesting stuff there. But, boy, has that changed. Yeah, the uh, you can can definitely say that. It was, you know, a nice little combination of some promotions and um, 
some trades, but for the first half of the season, it was mostly looking at San Antonio and awe of their minor league system. And then um, just recently, it's been quite a bit more fun to go and, and watch some of the Rangers arms who were there. Um, the, the the four that were, you know, popped up big time, obviously, were um, Palumbo, uh, Hernandez, Hearn, and Huam. So uh, it's it's been quite a bit of uh, fun checking out all of them. Yes, I was just making a note here. I was checking my uh, pictures. I couldn't remember if Wes Benjamin was, was hurt to begin this season or not, but he wasn't I've from what I gather. I've seen Wes Benjamin a lot this year. He's yeah. kind of a, you know, Nick Martinez up and down guy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's still a, you know, it's a French like, major league grade, right? Nah, I mean, it, he's not, that's not, I wouldn't say it's most likely role, but that's okay. kind of what he... Yeah, you know, everything goes right. Optimistic upside is Nick Martinez. Yeah, that's about right. There's room for more in there in a magic universe that we probably don't live in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, he, he's a lefty Martinez who might good. be good. He's like got fringy stuff, but some command. Yeah, that's Nick Martinez. Yeah, right. I mean, I liked Nick Martinez for what he was. He seemed like a likable dude. Yeah, me too. You want me to just like uh, kind of go through? I could go through Hernandez. Um, Hearn, yeah, so you you've seen Palumbo. Hernandez and Hearn and Wong and Palumbo now, right? So many times, yeah. Oof. All three of them. I just I'd love to hear anything on them. So like we've obviously I, I've watched some stuff on MILB TV, which means I essentially watched my like middle school closed circuit like uh, morning announcements broadcast of something. Yeah. So I could kind of see pixels that I were told were John Hernandez throwing baseballs at people, and that seemed cool. But we'd love to hear some some takes on that. You know, he had a phenomenal season with Down East, and he's got good stuff, but a questionable delivery, and that's kind yeah, of what we know yeah. about. I'll go into all three, and then I'll go in order, like of who I saw: Hernandez, uh, Hearn, and then Colombo. Sounds good. And then I'll hit Huang after the fact because he's pretty different. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of guys who are, I think, different but worth mentioning, and and uh, Wong is one of them, and I've got two other names circled here. So. Okay, perfect. T- yeah. Take us into uh, the John Hernandez take land. All right, so the, the first one was John Hernandez was called up, you know, a little past midway through the season, and uh, he was a guy who's getting kind of a lot of helium. A um, couple of the orgs who, you know, Baseball America, I think, had him at the, t- at the bottom of the top 100 prospects list um there were sort of some mixed reviews i I tried to stay away from reading anything but uh, he got to frisco and um the first game he you know he showed exactly what we are kind of you know what the dreaming with the dream on me he was throwing 95 98 he could sit that for five innings uh he's throwing a plus breaking ball a hard breaking ball with two playing movement uh, about 87 miles an hour. And then he was uh, throwing in as well a changeup that was flashing above average pretty regularly with uh, some tumble and, and some uh, arm side life with good arm speed deception. But the delivery, um, it's a little rotational. You know, he cut, He really whips his body uh, around the ball, around the, the pivot leg. And then he's got a crossfire delivery, so it comes out from way to the to the right there. Uh, it sort of makes it, str- it a lot of guys struggle to repeat their arm slot there if they don't have a really elite tier athleticism. And you know Hernandez, you know he's had times where he's flashed some some fringy to average command. but for the most part, it's pretty inconsistent. He struggles to locate the fastball. And uh, it, it ends up looking like a reliever profile is probably more likely, but due to the fastball, breaking ball, changeup combo, it's it's among the highest upsides in the farm as well. So would you say it's one of those ones where you read it and you're like, yeah, that's that's kind of a reliever, funky delivery, good stuff. It's most that usually turns into a reliever, but you look at the actual pitches and the actual result of those things, and it's one of those ones that. Gives him a better chance of not ending up a reliever than most guys who come up looking like that. 
Oh, absolutely. In terms of in terms of just delivery, if you're looking at that as a, as a, an 18 year old fed delivery, you're thinking reliever the whole way. But then you know he does it in A ball, and then he does it in high A ball, and then you're looking. Well, wonder if he can do it in Frisco, and he still keeps his walk rate low. Like then you got to pay attention because then he's pitching against guys who are pretty quality hitters and and still nailing them down, but. You know, we got to Frisco. He showed why he struggles occasionally. He loses the the release point and, and gets a little wild with fastball and struggles to hit locations. Sure. Um, and and so you know, realistically, he's most likely a back of the bullpen reliever with with upside as a uh, a number three starter if he can uh, sort of take the steps forward despite the delivery. Sexy. Yeah, and. I mean- and I'll take that in the Rangers system. Absolutely. <laughs> and at Double A, when I talk about this kid being, you know, a guy at Spokane who has, oh, he's got number three upside, but looks like a reliever. This is a guy who's just down the road now. Exactly, and and you you want as many arms, upside arms as you can, um, and so that's why the Rangers went out and grabbed her. And this is a, a great body projection lefty. Uh, he's tall. He's got broad shoulders. He's got room for extra weight. He's clean with his mechanics and delivery he's consistently repeats the arm slot and not in the mid to upper 90s velocity from the left side looks smooth and clean clean arm uh the the sort of deal with Hearn is he in the past has struggled to mix in a change up and a, a an effective breaking ball but this year, you know, it seemed like he had taken a big step and he got he got to Frisco and he sat 96, 97, while mixing in a, a breaking ball that flashed above average once or twice. But the changeup, more often than not, was sort of fringy with limited dive and tumble. So occasionally he'd flash an average one. But the real thing for Hearn was the fastball command. It was, it was above average the entire game. He was locating out, locating in, locating up, locating down. And he was he was getting whiffs on fastballs that cut that ran in. I mean, it was just he he knew how to use that fastball extremely effectively. And as everybody knows, that's important if you're a Ranger pitcher. <laughs> you throw in that fastball a lot. Yeah. So um, it, it was really encouraging, and I think he's kind of where Hernandez is upside with a small chance to stick in the rotation. Hearn's kind of a medium upside, medium chance to stick in rotation. Um, he he could be a number four starter for the next you know five to six years, or he could end up as a late innings reliever uh, who who uses upper nineties velocity to mow guys down. Yeah, I know when when he came over from Pittsburgh, a lot of folks were complaining about moving Kenny Kella just because of how good Kella had been, and he had been very very good, and he was a very fun player for Texas. But I looked at Hearn's sort of repertoire and, and his like likely scouting outcomes, and it looked like, I mean, you can never say that a guy's floor is good major league relief. Like a guy, you can't just assume will step in and be. We get about floors and ceilings too, but a guy's not going to step in and just be a Keone Kell in the back of the the, the rotation, in the back of the bullpen. But Hearn seemed like a fairly safe bet to turn into a useful late innings guy, a lot like, well, Jake Diekman because he's left handed, but. A lot like a Deekman or or maybe even a Kella, and that he's got this elite fastball. And as you say, he he throws the fastball well. And if you're a reliever who has a spotty fastball, you're not going to do very well. I mean, even if it's really good, Connor Satsek is the uh, the poster child for throw real hard but don't know where it's going. Not yeah, being a great that's, package. That's really why you like Hearn. Like he, you know, he's not a he's a lot farther along. And you know most double A relievers, your kind of prospects that you're looking at, because he, he locates the fastball and his delivery is clean. And you know, a lot of a lot of times that you know you get a reliever in who's not going to throw strikes, and Hearn's not going to be that guy. He's going to come in, he's going to sit, you know, he's going to mow down three hitters with velocity. You you know maybe if he's a reliever, his his breaking ball plays up a little more because he's throwing harder, more arm speed. Mm-hmm. More arm speed, more spin. So I mean, they're just things like that where you're like, wow, this guy could be a very effective weapon out of the pen. Uh, yeah, you pro- maybe 
I mean, it's hard to say he'd be Keone Kella. You know, Keone Kella had a, a mid-upper 90s fastball. He commanded it well. He had a plus curveball. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, you can't say Hearn is likely to have a plus breaking ball. But, you know, so he may not be Keone Kella, but he may be. And he may be better than Keone Kella. He may stick in a rotation. So that's really what, you know, your prospect return is all about, is you want a guy who has a chance to be that player or better. And that's yeah. uh, that's ultimately what they got with Hearn. Yeah, you said Hearn was sort of a you know, mid-upside, middle risk when it came to turning into a, a starting pitcher. And I think the difference there, from what I understand from Hernandez, is that Hernandez has some sexier stuff. He's got some better breaking and off-speed but there are big questions about fastball command because of his delivery and how the whole package is going to work. Whereas Hearn, you know the fastball is good, so it's likely that he could just work as a reliever because this isn't a guy who became a reliever because he couldn't throw strikes. It's a guy who became a reliever because he couldn't throw off speed. And that's exactly. a very different kind of package. So it's a little bit and more it, reassuring, but maybe a little bit less dreamable. Exactly. And, and Hearn, you know... Mm, it's hard unless he takes huge strides with the changeup and the, and the slider, which is what he's currently throwing. Um, you know, he's he's not going to be that dominant number two starter, like or number three starter that that Hernandez flashes occasionally, because uh, he just doesn't have the secondary stuff to do that as it currently is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it and then the same sort of goes as reliever. If they both end up in the bullpen, I think Hernandez is more likely to be a better reliever. Because he has three legitimately plus offerings that he can just pull out at any time and, and dominate hitters with. Um, but both of them are exciting. I'm really happy with Hearn. What Hearn did, especially in his first start, blew me away when he just hit fastball location after fastball location. Um, it, was, it was pretty refreshing after, after not really seeing that for a while. Yeah, but for sexy lefties, there's really only one guy who should be getting Rangers fans' <laughs> attention right now, right? I mean, good old Joe. The Rangers have had some pretty good luck with uh, prospects named Joe in the past couple years, and um, Palumbo is 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 another guy who uh, Rangers can Ranger fans can dream on. Uh, he's kind of a he's not quite as big or as, as athletic looking as Hearn, but. Um, he has, like Hernandez, three offerings that are just exceptional. They're just—he sits with a mid-nineties fastball with uh, you know some arm side movement on it, and then he break. He has a curveball that is the envy of most relievers in baseball. He has a changeup that has some tumble and arm side action. Uh, I mean, it's just three again. It's three offerings that sit or flash plus um, now the consistency on those pitches it's not where you need it to be when he's a major league rotation pitcher but I mean heck he came off of the injured the DL a couple months ago I mean he's he's fresh off of Tommy John still and the fact that he is back and, and commanding as well as he is is, uh, is a huge huge uh, exciting uh, development for the Rangers it has been a, a very promising start for Palumbo, who I believe is in line to close out Frisco's season on Monday. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And I, I saw his last start, and he he had some some moments where you were watching him, and you know, he would hit fastball corner, fastball corner, and then he'd he'd lose it a little bit, and he'd walk a guy, and you could tell he was sort of you know not sharp, not where he wanted to be. He had a couple floating curveballs. But the fact of the matter is, the stuff is so good. He was able to avoid trouble for the most part. And despite not really having the best swing and miss stuff of the night, the movement on his pitches was enough to sort of induce a lot of weak contact. And um, it, That's the kind of thing that you look at and you're like, wow, that despite you know some of the concerns that may be there with his command still, like he didn't have it that game and he still powered through it. And that's kind of what you want to see when it, oh, a guy is going to be a number – or three starter in a rotation. And it's a little bit different from, I think, recent vintages of Rangers kind of interesting prospects where, like, I think the one that really kind of jumps to mind and the guy we're probably going to talk about in a little bit as well is Brett Martin, who at times flashed, like, some really crazy stuff. And then in the games where he, quote, doesn't have it, he sucks. Like, he'll go yeah. into nine runs in two innings. You're like, 
Oh, whereas Joe Palumbo, as everyone was saying, oh, he did not have it on what uh, just a couple of days against Corpus Christi, right? And like just didn't have it, but got through you know four plus innings without giving up you know four hundred home runs. Like he wasn't good, but he pitched, and that's a big difference between some of these guys who go out there and are like, yeah, I didn't have it, and that's why we gave up fourteen earned runs in three innings today because. Eh. It's, it's a good comparison because, you know, they're both lefty. They're both tall. They sort of had a similar build. You know, Brett Martin's a little more stereotypical pitcher's build. I mean, I've never seen a bigger gap between what it looks like and what the on-field result is than in Brett Martin. I mean, I am floored when I'm watching bullpens. Uh, the, the translation of, of what he shows to the end game and then the results that happened there. Uh, Martin's, I, t- I even talked to a scout in the stands the other day about him. He's he, he mentioned to me that you know this guy should have been this guy should be better than he is. You know, it's just it it looks like he's going to be good every single time. It's fastball ninety mid nineties uh, from the left side plus changeup. He's mixing in a slider that he's getting whiffs with. I mean, it, he's not even giving up home runs. I mean, it's it's like, is he getting batting average on ball and played to death? Or is he is he actually just that bad? I mean, it's hard to sort of make bridge the gap between what you see and what's what happening. Yeah, I mean, I mean his the line looks like a typo. You, you pull up, you know, I'm, I, just, I had his page up here. And as a starter, he pitched 61 and two-thirds innings this season. And he gave up 111 hits. It's, it's, 111 it's, hits. That's like a, it's that's loud. Very wrong. It's loud contact on the fastball. Even more than a run an inning. But how about this? The ERA FIP split for this season. He has a 7.28 ERA on the season. Is that it's, bad? Yeah, is it's bad. <laughs> and his fielding independent pitching is 3.37. Oof. He has a, almost a four-run gap in between the FIP and ERA. Imagine there are not a lot of dudes carrying a four gap there. I mean, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, no, he's actually giving up hard contact. But yeah. he's also got a 57.2 left on base. And, you know, it's he's not giving up home runs. So is he not giving up enough hard contact to have the home runs happen to him? I mean, <laughs> it's just the most confusing thing to watch and – It'll be really interesting to see if next season is any different. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was he gave up hard contact, but maybe there was a tiny bit of bad luck thrown in there with it. I mean, he's just a guy that you're going to keep giving chances because there's not many people who can do what he can do. Sure. Um, I mean, you're you're looking. It's the same reason the Rangers kept Matt Moore or went went acquired Matt Moore. Not many lefties sit 95 with two plus offerings or two offerings that sit above average to plus. But not many lefties give up a 400x Woba on their fastball either. So <laughs> you know I mean? it just sounds real dumb when you like oh, actually read it. It's like, there's, it, yeah. Brett Martin's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if he may not be interesting really as a prospect, but he is certainly interesting as like, just a case study in how baseball is a very dumb sport. <laughs> like you, you can be what? left-handed and tall and built like a pitcher and throw really hard and have all these great off-speed pitches and just suck. And everyone's like, "I don't get it, man." Like, you know I, what, I don't though? know what to tell you. You have an ERA of eight. Like, if what? you need a sleeper prospect next year and you're in like a super deep baseball argument, you know, look at Brett Martin next year, and you know, maybe maybe he's. He, because the one thing, the one thing Brett Martin did that he has never done before this season, he stayed healthy. Yeah. He didn't spend any time on the DL, which is the first time that has happened in his career. Which could so, be something big. I mean, maybe. Maybe he's just not used to being healthy. He's actually bad, but he's <laughs> healthy. he needs to get hurt a little bit. Yeah, they have feel the pain to keep him focused. What was that? It was like seven or eight no-hit innings with like 14 strikeouts, that playoff game he had a couple years back. Yeah, he's a monster game. I mean, you you send him back down to A ball, and and he tears through every lineup. And so you know he's only what twenty three, so he's getting a little older. But I still watch out for him because I I don't think this is what he is. I think he's mm-hmm. better than this. Um, but you know how much better? 
remains to be seen. At some point, you got to put up results. Yeah. So guys who have been putting up results in sort of different ways, we got yeah, two other Frisco arms that are worth mentioning in the same breath as, as Brett Martin. I don't know. That might be damn near the same <laughs> price. But uh, those are Wei J. Wong and C.D. Pelham. So Yeah. Um, I'll start with C.D. Pelham because he kind of follows that that trend of, of left-handers who throw hard. Yeah. Um, big left-handers, too. My goodness. Yeah, he's, he's a big old dude. He looks like the part. He is broad, long, lean, uh, athletic dude. Uh, he, he I think he's a guy who some folks have kind of forgotten because he kicked so much ass at Down East and then has been not elite at Frisco. So I'd love to hear some, some new takes on him. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think anybody should be out on CD Pelham. I mean, this was definitely an adjustment time for him. Like, it... it you, you pitch against advanced day balls and pitches that are strikes there aren't strikes in double A. Both because the strike zone actually shrinks when you get to double A, just in general, umpires call smaller zone. And B, guys guys in the in the in double A don't swing at fastballs that are poorly located. They just don't. And and at a much higher rate than A ball pitcher hitters. And um, so, you know, Pelham's Pelham, I saw the first time I saw him, he only pitched to one batter, and he went outside corner, inside corner, outside corner, two swinging strikes, strikeout. Um, so it, it's it's exciting. It's ninety four with run. Uh, he he he's a real big dude. He comes out crazy arm slot. Looks really hard to hit for lefties. I mean, you're kind of thinking at the very least you're going to get a guy who really is tough on lefties. That's cool. Um, and then it, you know, at the best, he's got a you know sort of a slider. One he didn't really drop, but he's got a slider that moves pretty hard vertically. I mean, uh, horizontally, and uh, you know the the fastball that runs in on on lefties. So he's someone to watch. He's interesting. Uh, the command problems are probably a little bit real, a little bit. You know, he's got to adjust to the level. Okay. And uh, that leads us to a guy who is very different than <laughs> in many ways. And uh, alum and uh, Wong. like a half foot shorter and about a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah, Hong's Hong's a small bodied dude with a uh, with a meticulously clean delivery. Delivery. Um, it's it's ninety ninety one. Uh, the, the kind of calling card that he's got is is Huang can spin it. He's got high spin rate on his fastball, high spin rate on his curveball. Uh, he, he knows how to really light up the track, man. Um, the fastball, you know, it's really good. It's it's not necessarily what you want to see in the Rangers park, but hey, they're going to be in the new park in 2020 because uh, he generates a lot of fly balls with it. And, you know, gets, he, it spins up higher. It doesn't sink as much as hitters' eyes tell him it's going to, and so they get under it. Um, now, occasionally that leads to some pretty, pretty loud home runs, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's a pretty good pitch. Uh, I think the curveball is a little bit overrated by, um, you know, general. Uh, you can look at the trackman data and the spin rate's kind of big, but you see it in person, and hitters don't really seem to struggle to track it. It's slow. It, it has some big depth, but, uh, you know, they can track it with their eyes since it's 76 miles an hour and they know where it's going and they lay off of it when it gets out of the zone when he locates it well low it kind of you get some whiffs on it because it kind of looks like it's going to scrape the bottom of the zone and then it dies and uh, so if he if he really learns to locate it it's going to be something but the real calling card for huang is his changeup. it has heard it's, very fun things about this pitch it's incredible. It's, I mean, that's what I said the moment I saw it. I think I went on Twitter and I just said, Wong's changeup is incredible because it's, it's, it's everything you want it to be. It's got crazy tumble. You, know, you, get, you get the kind of swings that you see Claudio get every now and then where you're just like, that pitch never hit the zone. It, from our angle, never looked like it was going to close to the zone. But because it looks exactly like the fastball out of the hand, and then it just dies and hits or moves heavily to the arm side. I mean, it just lefties don't have a chance. Righties don't have much better of a chance. Uh, if he throws that pitch a lot, 
you know, I think you're going to see a pretty effective uh, middle reliever kind of guy. I don't really like him going multiple innings, but, um, you know, kind of use him like, hey, we need you to get through this fifth inning or sixth inning with a couple of righties and a lefty. He's going to yeah, be able to come in and do that. I've been trying to think of comps for high spin but you know, sort of low velocity relief pitchers and you know, there's a couple of them like Will Harris is kind of like that I think he throws a little harder than Wong does he's more like 92 93 but his thing I think is also a big time spin um, Chaz Rowe I think was also a big 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 spin although he throws a slider not a curve but I don't know that I want to cop it into Chaz Rowe and be like, yeah, looking forward to Chaz Rowe. You know, I can't think of anybody who, who mixes in like a super high seam or spin four seamer with, you know, a, a slow Alex Claudio-esque changeup, you know? I mean, maybe Seth Lugo, but without the fastball. Lugo <laughs> yeah. is a crazy pants curve spin, and his fastball is out of spin, but it also is much harder than Juan's. I think he must look more like 95. Yeah, Hong's never going to do that. No. <laughs> I mean, I saw him hit 92 a couple times, but for the most part, you know, he's just going to he's just going to whip it and he's going to get guys to swing under it and then he's going to mix in the change up and you're going to get some really ugly swings. Um, and a couple funny. home runs too because, you know, that fastball if they if they get on it, they're going to hit it a long way. I'll take it. I mean, right-handed doofy Alex Claudio? Why not? Like, With more velocity. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's not asking a ton, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, actually, that kind of segues back. So I, we do definitely want to talk about the actual big league team. I had a, I had a quick up-down, yes-no on you, on these guys we've kind of talked about. So um, just uh, we're going we're to put you out in here and make some takes for us. Uh, the question is, do you think these guys see the 25-man at some point next year? Or the active right. roster. Absolutely. Um, so that can be September call-up, but they don't necessarily play. And that's John Hernandez. Yes, no? Yeah, sure. Why not? Wes Benjamin. Wait, no. pause. Yes. Do you, think that, do you think that Hernandez comes in as a reliever or as a starter? Yeah, I think he'll get, I think he'll get in as a reliever. Uh, you know, kind of a cup of coffee, like job well done, cut on the butt. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I'm, that's what I'm assuming a bunch of these guys so are going to be. But next yeah. year is his is his forty uh, man year, right? I think all of these dudes have. Let me think. I have, I have Scott Lucas's list, so I'm going to go down here. Benjamin has to be on it. Um, I don't know. If Pelham has to be on it this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody will pick up Pelham if they don't. Yep. And actually, that's it. So. Yeah, Hernandez will be next year. I think that's why he'd probably could he has a chance for a September call up next year. Oh, were you talking about this year? No, no, I'm talking about next season. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, because yeah, Hernandez has no chance this year. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Twenty nineteen. So John Hernandez, yes, West Benjamin, no. Taylor Hearn. Yeah, as a reliever as well. Way J Wong? Yep, yeah, sure, as a reliever. Mm, Joe Palumbo. Definitely, mm. yeah. You can see Joe in, in September next year. CD Pelham. Yeah, CD Pelham too. Man, you got a bunch of bullpens in the September and, next and then year. We're gonna have. So this is like the depressing thing. Like our September call ups this year, we're all just sitting here hoping Scott Heineman gets called up. But next year, <laughs> we could next be hoping. Year could be fun. The last guy on this list is Brett Martin. Gonna see the big leagues next year. <laughs> Put me on the spot here. I, I like Brett, but I think he's definitely the smallest chance there. Um, you know, in a perfect world, sure, Brett could do it because he's got the stuff. But more than likely, he's gonna he's you know he's got to come a long way with the command. So I'd, I'd say no. Yeah, because he's on the forty now, I believe. And I think next year he's he's got one more option. Yeah, next year should be his second option. Uh, so yeah, or this year, sorry. Well, no, I think. I think this is his first option. In that case, yeah. MILB.com does list his March 19, uh, 2018 as his first, which they're not always up on that, so I would not take this as the gospel here, but he that's a bunch of these guys I think are ones that, barring injury or some like bizarre, tragic regression or dudes who are going to be in this conversation this time next year. 
with, I mean, maybe Palumbo being the most, or maybe even Wong. If he has a good season, why not let that guy start working out of a bullpen? Yeah, because they have to make that decision, uh, a 40-man decision for Wong at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't say that all of them, you know, are all five, you know, all those guys going to be on the September roster next year. No, probably not. But mm-hmm. um, they all have uh, at least a realistic chance of, of working their way up and getting a pat on the butt for, for September. Well, that's fun to hear. That's uh, a very different situation from where we were looking at Frisco being about this time last year to the beginning of this season. We're like, yeah, eh, there's no big leaguers on this yeah, team. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, don't sleep on uh, don't sleep on Scotty H there. I I like me some Scott Heineman. Oh, I'm uh, kind of mad that Scott Heineman isn't already in. I mean, I guess they want to keep him then at Round Rock because they want to see how many times he can get ejected in the last month of the season. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's happy either. Uh, but he's he's got you know he'll be on the forty man at the end of this season. So they if they make. There's an open spot for him. You know, I'd love to see him up, see what he can do. Because Ryan Ruin now is you know, hurt again and quenched his back in his rehab assignment. So you need a, you need a Ryan Rua up there. And, and Scott Heineman sort of fills that same sort of role that Rua does. And uh, if he can, you know, if you can get a guy who's going to outperform that, great. And Scott Heineman has a chance to do that. He has a chance to be that offensive minded fourth outfielder. 295, 355, 429 with Round Rock this season. Uh, I, I actually managed to... I've seen stuff, but I was watching a game, I, and I caught an ejection for Mr. Heineman. And I don't know why, but I'd always kind of pictured him more like a Jared Hoying or a Jim Adusi, oh, kind of no. tall and skinny. But he's a lot more like Drew Robinson. He's much more like uh, spark-pluggy than I thought oh, he that was. that man is... He's sturdy this year, though. He's, you know, he's yeah. really... Testament to his work ethic, and that's that's ultimately the reason I think he's got something there is because he works hard. Yeah, um, he he put on some muscle. He looks good. He stayed athletic. Sort of, you know, retooled the swing a little bit. Continued to improve the approach. Everything that Scott Heineman needed to do this year to hit the big leagues at some point, you know, he did. And um, yeah. I'd love to see him do it because I remember, you know. First time I saw him, I was like, this guy looks like an athlete. And then sure enough, a few years later, I seen him in the Frisco, and he was kicking ass. So and He just had one problem, and that's that uh, you know, as a center fielder, potentially, he's completely blocked on Texas's roster by center fielder Joey Gallo, which <laughs> kind of rocks. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, Joey and Center. I don't think I don't think Joey's necessarily happy about it from what he's been saying. But man, you know, he's shown he's shown that athleticism to stick in right field long term. And, and you know, I guess obviously Bannister thinks enough of it to keep him in center field as Tochi's backup. So I mean, I'm, I'm, okay, yeah, there you go. That's a good. That's very on brand. So yeah, that's that leads naturally into this question. Gun to your head. All things considered, injury risk, you know, pissing off players, wear and tear, everything on the table here. Gun to your head, if you had to, to, to declare as your starting center fielder next season, Carlos Tochi or Joey Gallo, you are forced to use one or the other. Which one is it? Mm. You know, I'm going to have to pull a shocker here and say Carlos Tochi. Whew. Um, you Spicy. Know, let's put it this way. I don't think Carlos Tochi is likely to be a role five MLB center fielder next year. I think it's pretty unlikely. And I think Gallo probably probably provides more value out of center field because of the bat. I think obviously Tochi is a, a well above average center fielder. Um, is he? Gallo's, yeah, he is. He really is. And um, he's so slow, though. He's about average speed out there, but his jumps. He understands how to play center field. He's got a plus arm. Like, you know, the dude knows how to play center. He makes the most out of his physical tools for the position, and that's that's something that you know Gallo. He just doesn't necessarily have the experience or the defensive instincts 
at this point that Pochi does. And uh, I'd much rather see I'd much rather see Joey get full time reps in left field or right field where he can he can really make the most of his you know solid athleticism for his size and the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know center field every single time you'd see him go back towards that wall you remember you have flashbacks to Josh Hamilton you know yeah, yeah, running yeah. into the wall and being out for forty games. And I don't want to I don't want to be doing that because that's a big man. <laughs> Out there. You don't want to inflict that much damage on the walls, especially going to like a new ballpark. Beats like, Rangers. Yeah, like we can't keep replacing these panels. Joey Gallo is just running through things and catching balls in the fourth row, and like it's mounting. The prices are just they, eh, it's awful. You see that? You see that quote from him the other day, though. I think I can't remember who it was who quoted him on it, but he did ask him if he had run into any walls in center field yet. He said something along the lines of, no, I haven't had the opportunity yet, but I'd love to. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd love to have that chance. <laughs> you know that he's saying that because the coaching staff is like, yo, God. All right, no, get him out of there. Move Let's him. Let him play. I don't, well, we can't put him at second base now because that's fully locked down. And he might kill Ronald Guzman with a throw. Yeah, woof. Although, Goosey, man, I have really loved watching him play first base. Oh, it's, it's something, isn't it? I mean, the splits... You know, I, I told I told somebody the other day. I think he does the splits more for us than for anybody in the game, you know, to win. But oh, sure. yeah, it's an entertainment, isn't it? It's fun. I think it was the first inning. It was a ground ball to Elvis, who had to like throw from down around his ankles. The ball goes like four hundred feet up in the air, and Guzman just casually reaches up and snacks it. And that's not a play that a dude who's not six foot six. Yeah, and like, they don't call him Condor for nothing. You know, we he's got enormously him. long arms. He looks like a troll. He, he like he's got these big long arms and they dang like he's great. I love Ronald Guzman. Yeah, and he's kind of hitting. I go ahead. He's I said and he's kind of hitting like yeah, kind of not bad. Ninety seven WRC plus like he's kind of hitting the thing. The things to watch. You know, he's making some adjustments. Um, they, I've heard I've heard this a couple times now that he's making a concentrated effort to elevate the ball more, and uh, you know, looking at his minor league stats for the past few years, that's sort of exactly what he needed to do. He needed to do two things: he needed to increase the walk rate and elevate more to sort of tap into that raw power because you know the swing really didn't tap into it in, in AAA last year. And, yeah. Second best walk rate of you know his professional career, not counting five games at AAA, and yeah. the second best ISO of his career as well. So, yeah, and, if, and you know, you, it's the MOB and those guys, those pitchers. You know, the K rate for Guzman, they really know how to attack up and in. Up and in is a weakness for him, and uh, but you can see, you know, with his bat to ball abilities and, and improved approach that. Uh, you know, you don't with his defense. You don't need big time improvements there to to make an average everyday regular. So you can see a five percentage drop in that K rate over the next two or three years, and and, and see a really quality uh, stop gap there at first base. Not as quality a player as podcast favorite Jerickson Profar, but certainly a. Who who could be our you know, long term solution at first base? An excellent application of Jerickson's all around <laughs> defensive utility. But yeah, I gotta I gotta toot my own horn on Profar. It's the only it's the Go only guy it. I'll do this for. But man, I nailed that. Because <laughs> I I saw him and I and I immediately was like, why are what what all these people will saying he's a, you know sort of a role for dude moving forward like are they watching him because the hit tool is still there the glove work is still there like obviously he's got some kinks to work through with his arm but and you know but it's the been raw power wasn't per, his arm's been perfectly serviceable most of the, I mean it was pretty rough at shortstop early on but like he the throwing, the really egregious throwing errors died out. Yeah, and yeah. it's been fine. I mean, yeah, he's still pretty high up there in the aerotorials, but there's definitely been improvements. You know, obviously the shortstop was the worst. Now yeah, if this team wasn't days. trotting out inner circle Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre every day, like I wouldn't have any issues with Jerickson Profar being the everyday third baseman. Exactly, like, and I, I'm good. pretty. What was that? 
I said he looks good at third base. Like oh, he's he making really great. good plays. He looks great at third base, like cornerstone player at third base kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's batting line hit to two sixty three forty five four sixty three one sixteen WRC plus. I mean, he's hit fifteen home runs, stolen double digit bases. He yeah. does not strike out. He That's walks a, a slightly above average clip. Like he makes contact. And that's it's good. It's hard. Yeah, it's not. It's not weak contact anymore. Is it kind of like it was at the beginning of the season? I mean, he's going up there looking to drive the ball, and he's succeeding. Um, you know, just sort of look at you know his last when he started playing every day. And that's when he started hitting his home runs. That's when he started uh, making more contact, more consistently firm contact. So, you know, is this what, if this is what he is, if this, what we've seen since he's starting is kind of what he is, it's a four win player at third base. And the switch hitting has been a thing that's really stumped, uh, jumped out to me as well this season in that there was a little while there were folks were saying that he should probably drop the right handed swing, that it was garbage, and that he was useless against lefties that way. And he's actually been better against lefties this season than righties, but both of them are over 100. Yeah, like, I think he's I think, been a good hitter from both sides of the plate. At the beginning of the year, I remember he was popping a bunch of balls from the left side, and it was just it looked—I mean, it just looked uncomfortable at the left side. And that had always been the, the side of the bat that you were like, "Oh yeah, yeah jerks." That was the good one. How to hit left-handed? But this year, he's taken huge steps with his right-hand swing. He slugged really, especially early on. He was killing the ball from the right-handed side. And yep. now he's kind of just settled into consistency from both sides, and it's great. I mean, yeah, 203 ISO from the right and a 190 from the left. Yeah. He's slugging yeah. 469, 439 on those splits. Like, it's actually pretty even. It's, I mean, it's good enough now where I think, I think two things. One, you do not need Adrian Beltre to come back. And if he doesn't come back next year, you don't have to worry about it. Because you have a third baseman next year. And two, Profar's a free agent fairly soon. And he's 25 years old, 26 years old, I think now. It's yeah, 25 and a half. He'll be 26 all of next year. All 26, yeah, he'll be 26 all next year. Ancient. Positively ancient. Free agent year is at 27, 28. Are you going to think about maybe making him a long-term piece in Texas? Because, uh-huh. I mean, he has played like a long-term piece in Texas. Him and Carlos Tochi going to be <laughs> locking down that 2021 Rangers team. tochi <laughs> has been better since, you know, coming back from the DL. <laughs> yeah. are, man, we are <laughs> one month away from Tochi being, like, we did it, like, from the finish line. Yeah, we're getting there. 162 games, man. Yeah, and he'll <laughs> successfully get his reward by getting paid for a full season in the MLB and then getting sent down to AAA. Yeah, <laughs> getting to go to San Antonio. Yeah, to get to break in the outfield grass in a, a Rangers new affiliate center field. So yeah, and, and, and what's that, uh, dude? that leaves that leaves a bunch of exciting young center fielders for Frisco for me. God, we have so many good yeah. center fielders who are not named Carlos Tochi. Yeah. So many fun center fielders. Hey, so, who, so, okay, so, we wait, do have... Uh, hey, go ahead. I think we were probably about to ask the same question. Probably. Center fielders, Frisco, uh, who's who's coming up to see you first? Is it going to be Tavares from, yeah, it's, from it's gotta uh, be the Tavares. dudes? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean it may be not... This is the first time you've looked at a season from Tavares and been like, okay, maybe this is the time he needs to repeat because they've been they've been very very aggressive with him, mm-hmm. and you know why? Like, there are guys who play plus center field, and then you're like, oh, it's all raw athleticism and and, and power, and it's just untapped because it's such a horrible swing, and you can have contact abilities, which is definitely not the case with Leody. Uh, this is a guy who is pretty polished with the swing, you know, making the contact abilities. Maybe not the swing itself, but he, he's really polished in the contact abilities and the approach. And so guys like that, you can afford to push a little harder in the promotions because, you know, what they're going to do is they're going to go to the next level and they're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to make contact. They're going to not strike out a ton. They're going to walk a lot. 
And, um, you know, that's exactly what Tavares has done. I wouldn't be too discouraged at this point with his results. Uh, but he might have, he might repeat April, but man, you know, Bubba's going to be up there. It's going to be a log jam. You're going to want to split. So he might be up just because they can't afford to keep Bubba and Hickory. So, um, yeah, and then Julio Pablo Martinez, JP Martinez is you know, nipping at heels as well, in theory. Yeah, I mean, Pablo Martinez is going to the AFL, and that's, you know, I think there's still some questions about what is Julio Pablo Martinez. Like, yeah. is he advanced? What's his upside? What are we going to see from him moving forward? Because, you know, he got over here and there were some sort of rumblings about maybe the contact abilities weren't quite as good as, you know, what was getting publicized around here. Um, but he got here and kind of showed that. You know, he struggled a little bit with the strikeout rates, even in, in rookie ball. And uh, he got pushed up to Spokane and really struggled with it for a little while. But mm -hmm. we don't know how much of that is, you know, oh, does he actually have contact and pitch recognition issues? Or is, you know, he raw and he hasn't played baseball in two years? So, you know, AFL is going to be a real challenge for him because that's, that's against guys who are high A, advanced A, and, and, and double A. Yeah. So, you know, you'll see him against arms that he might really struggle against at first. But, man, if he, if he does well... You know, Hickory might not be enough for him next year, and then you really got some log jams. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then you also have to account for you know Eric Jenkins, who uh, oh, yeah, went yeah, down. Eric we can <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> yeah. I, I had I had to throw that one in there, but no, like Leody is a guy who I think you look at that stat line and you're not impressed. You know, two forty four, three ten, three twenty nine. It looks like crap, but the strikeouts are. Like you said, not really there. Sixteen percent. His walk rate has gone up. Like the defense is apparently excellent, and for the reasons that you cited, as in he's not simply just fast and running around, but he's a very, very natural center fielder who yeah. is also fast, which is Plus nice. Yeah. So it's I mean it's a it's a cool situation to find ourselves in in that um, like Bubba Thompson may be one of the more underrated prospects in the game right now and that he's not getting a ton of attention yeah but he's is doing some really awesome stuff kind of surprising to me that he hasn't gotten more attention on the national scale I think uh, I think you know fan graphs Eric Longenhagen I think he said a similar thing in one of his deals uh, and it's he he's Probably one of the best body projections in baseball. I mean, it's no, just he's, like he's looks like he was built in a lab. Oh, I mean, this gosh. is a she Alabama won. high school football player. He 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 made it at play for McGill Tulin, which is a powerhouse program here in the state. And he was a quarterback there, and he held up very very well at high level play. Like this is this is not some long lanky little shrimp boy running around there in center field. Like he he's a monster. I mean, he's, you see pictures of him, and the forearms look like he's a five-year veteran in the professional leagues. He's jacked. He's shredded. And he's double-plus run. Like, he's fast. He's everything. He's got hips that have muscles on him. And it's nuts. I mean, the picture of him, you could, he could be an Abercrombie model. You know, it's just like he's an unbelievable body projection center fielder. And, and not just that, though, because he's actually, like – a really good baseball player. I mean, he's not, he doesn't just look good in the uniform. Like that's, you know, that old sort of scouting thing, right? Like, guy, yeah, he looks good in uniform. You know, he fills it out. Exactly. He's, he's ripping the cover off the ball this year. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think if you, if you tell me beginning of the year, Bubba Thompson was going to sort of flounder a little bit and then, you know, struggle through the season and grind. And he had a late season push towards like a 700 OPS at the end of the season. I would have been like, you know what? That's pretty promising because he has really only played baseball for one year full time. And to have a guy hold his own in A ball, you know, that's awesome. And he's playing center field and he's still got that elite athleticism and body projection and some, some plus raw power maybe in there. You'd be like, yeah, that's a that's a good season. But then he comes out and he 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 you know he at the beginning, you know, maybe he looked like he might flounder a tiny little bit. And then all of a sudden he was lights out for the rest of the season. 
Yeah. What What if instead of what you just said, I told you that he would OPS under 800 for only one month this year while stealing 30 plus bases, looking like a Greek god and playing defense <laughs> like one? And you're like, Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, I would have been floored. I mean, I'd just been like, Well, I mean, that's a that's a top five prospect for the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, any, any I think anybody who doesn't have him in the top five prospects really thinks highly of John Hernandez and Joe Palumbo and Taylor Hurd and. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just because Bubba's doing something special with us. I mean, you, there is not a higher upside player in the Rangers system than Bubba Thompson. And for him, I think maybe he's running into a problem where I, some folks maybe have like just gotten sick of Texas's bullshit when it comes to like really toolsy outfielders somehow. Like, well, I mean, this is finally the good version of, of these guys that we've been seeing for a while or we've been kind of hearing about and like on hell belt Beltres of the world. But well, even, I, even I don't really get Chris it. Brinson, yeah, know, sure. That's a Much guy better. who popped 15 prospect kind of consensus. And I, when I saw him in double a, I wasn't very, I wasn't as high on him. I thought he was kind of like a future role five guy. But I had pe- plenty of people who were like, okay, I, I see what you're saying, but I disagree because I think he was injured this year. And mm-hmm. my kind of deal was, no, it's a little bit of that. And he's improving on pitch recognition, but, you know, the bat-to-ball skills aren't good enough to overcome sort of this this problem he has with uh, with curveballs and change-ups. And, you know, he crushed through double AA, A, triple A, and then he gets to the major leagues and, you know, he, he could still get there. I think he still mm-hmm. probably will, but he's, he's a slower burn than everyone expected because there were some issues with bat the ball. He's looking and, a lot more like Byron Buxton than people really would like knowing who Byron Buxton is in 2018. Not yeah. I was say, cause if you told me Byron Buxton was going to be a 500 OPS hitter two years ago, I was slapping yeah. in the mouth. Yeah, if I told you that Lewis Brinson was going to look a shitload like uh, Byron Buxton, you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. And yeah, like, I mean, No, but I meant Lewis this Brinson. Byron Buxton. <laughs> yeah, whoops. But, 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 like, Bubba Thompson isn't that. You know, he, no, he's thing, like, he, They said he was a good hitter coming out of high school. The only problem was that he mostly played football, and so his – it wasn't that he sucked as a baseball player but should be good. It was that – no, he's a really good baseball player. He just doesn't do it very often. Well, I think he shocked – I think he shocked scouts his senior year a little bit because I think I – think, Everybody expected him to have a little more problem with bat to ball than he did. Because, you mm-hmm. know, guys who are raw like that and who don't have really polished and refined swings can yeah, come they're out Eric there. Jenkins. I mean, well, you can look worse than Eric Jenkins. Like, Eric Jenkins out of high school probably didn't look as bad as what most toolsy athletic center fielders who no. play football no, all season. Eric Jenkins and Jordan Akins are guys who kind of pop out there as. Yeah, and, and that's guys a, that's who were super fair, athletic but couldn't swing very well. That's a fair thing, but you know they didn't go. You know, Bubba Thompson went higher in the draft for a reason. It's because mm-hmm. instead of showing up his senior year of high school looking the exact same as he had his junior and sophomore years, he came and he was playing against really quality competition, and he was lighting it up. And he'd made some really quality adjustments to his swing that allowed him to tap into a bit more power and. Uh, you know, bat to ball was kind of surprising for people, I think. And then I think this year he gets to the he gets to the hickory and everybody's like, wow, this is an advanced league. You know, is is he going to be able to handle it? But the bat to ball was better than everybody was expecting again. So he keeps doing this thing where, yeah, he's got some raw places like his strikeout rates too high. It's going to have to come down. His walk rate needs to jump because he's obviously swinging it too much out of the zone. But He's not one of these guys who's like, oh, he really struggles to make good contact with the ball consistently. His hand-eye coordination is way better than most guys, most stereotypes with his profile. Um, and it gives him it gives him truly tremendous upside because if he can calm down the approach and really tap into that hand-eye coordination and that raw power that he's got in there while maintaining 30 stolen base a year, while maintaining above-average profile in center field, you're looking at one of the best players on the team and maybe, you know, beyond that. So, I mean, that's obviously a very, very high-end outcome for Thompson. That's very optimistic. Yeah. But you, know, you can you can look at it right now and not just dream on it. You can, like, he's doing it. You can it. see it, yeah. But, I mean, he's the, the place of the concern. You know, there's always a catch with these guys. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the strikeout-to-walk ratio for Thompson. 
he obviously struggles with pitch recognition. I don't think I don't think there's any doubt that you know he's got way worse pitch recognition than the average uh, you know guy you'd like to see in a 20 year old in Hickory, but the the physical abilities and the baseball skills are so good that he's succeeding in spite of that fact. Man, he's uh, got like a 33 percent. Okay, right? It's not no, great. I think it dropped towards the end of the year. Okay, um, I'd have to look. I think it was in the high twenties or mid mid to high twenties. Man, still higher than you'd low. like, but yeah, the walk rate's not good. He yeah. only drew twenty three uh, unintentional walks. Yeah, and three hundred and sixty or so. And if he wants I think. to move beyond a fourth outfielder, that'll need to change. You know, he'll mm-hmm. he'll need to make significant strides with his with his approach. But, but that's where the yeah. dream comes because he's only played baseball for a year. Yep. And he's already holding his own against hitters that are in a league that was considered too advanced for him at the beginning of the season. So, you know, Bubba's Bubba's your big, big ceiling guy that you you know, if he comes if he goes to advanced day next year and he posts a seven percent walk rate against a twenty one percent strikeout rate Everyone is screaming about like, oh my goodness! Everybody needs to get on the Bubba Thompson boat because he's going straight to the top. Um, uh-huh. But you know, looking gotta, forward to it. He's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's the one. Is that, yeah, <laughs> we have like really, really different. I, I like that we have these you know, these three big center field prospects, and we the the questions about them are completely different. Oh, it's like David Tavares. Will he actually like? Put those those you know tools and pieces together into an all-around baseball player. Bubba Thompson will he like continue to be as good as he has been so far, despite the big red flags in his prospect? And then Julio Barbosa Martinez. It's like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, what is uh, it? Like, <laughs> what is a JP Martinez? We do I mean, not know. So I mean, big questions. Operate. We're gonna learn those uh, answers next year. Hopefully, we can catch a couple of those guys and televise spring training games. Um, maybe the Rangers will actually get a few televised spring training games next year, since we always kind of get screwed on that that calendar. But that'll be fun. Maybe we'll get some folks to go there in person and give us glowing write-ups on all of our beautiful, <laughs> beautiful minor leaguers. They'll be able to talk about. Yeah, hopefully we'll send in Kevin out there, and maybe uh, Hayden and Mike and I will make a, a very silly trip to spring training next season. That would be we can so just perfect. Talk about Jonathan Ornelas and Hans Kraus the entire time, because who oh boy. Drop by the backfields and we'll have ourselves a good old time. Yeah, we'll just go record somewhere in a bleacher. Sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, uh, y'all heard it here first and last. Go grab Eddie Butler in your fantasy baseball <laughs> leagues. You're going to want to get them saves. I know the playoffs are starting for most leagues this week, so definitely go and gobble up those saves. He has two saves this season. Uh he, he he closed that it was eighteen to four today and gave yeah. up like four of those runs. He has the uh, all four of those runs. Closer tag, and he closed out a game against Baltimore in which he entered with the Rangers winning fifteen to five. So there you go, Eddie Butler, proven closer. Whoo! So that's about gonna wrap it for us here on the Rangers rundown this evening. Kevin, uh, where can we find your stuff? Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can, you know, I just finished up my first full year at Baseball Prospectus. Um, little, little forecasts. I'm planning on doing a piece for Lone Star Ball, kind of wrapping up the uh, minor league season and why we should all be way too hyped up and then inevitably <laughs> be horribly disappointed in two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta make sure that everybody's way overhyped first. So I'll be over. Good. Do you have any particular pieces you want to plug here? Any new writing? Anything you're really proud of? Oh, honestly, I've just been trying to get in scouting reports to the eyewitness reports at Baseball Prospectus. I strongly recommend, you know, going through and sorting by 2018 reports on there and just reading through all the eyewitness accounts because, you know, this we had this a great batch of dudes over there this time and um, dudes and ladies. I'm sorry, you know, we got a we got a pretty good diverse cast over there nowadays and uh, it's a great group and, you know, Good scouting reports, especially from guys like Wilson, uh, Garman, and uh, you know, Pastor Paternostro. So it's it's a good dude. It's a good group. Baseball prospectus actually good. Actually good. Actually yeah. good. 
And, uh, you know, it's worth the subscription just to read mine, so. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Rangers Rundown keeps the subscription active just uh, just for Kevin. I actually do. That is my, my baseball sub is BP. That and The Athletic now because I couldn't. I couldn't get off my Levi Weaver addiction. Me neither. So, yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. You get, you get, Levi Weaver, Ken, come on the pod. Ken Rosenthal is a bonus. Oh, man. That's There's, true. Every time The Athletic adds somebody good, I'm like, yeah, that's cool too. But, I mean, I got my Levi, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some great work out there. So definitely uh, go and look Kevin up on BP. Grab those eyewitness reports. They're coming out. They, they fill up my email inbox, and then I go and glut read them late at night and forget everything immediately and then reread them. So you're getting the page clicks out of me at the very least. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here in the Rangers Rundown. So thank you all for sticking around for yet another long run on this episode here. But we're always happy to have you on, Kevin. Thank you for having me. And hopefully we'll uh, talk with you soon. So good night, everybody. Hey. There's the cat. There's my cat saying Perfect. <laughs> Perfect ending. <laughs> Just signing off for us. Signing off. See you guys. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, thank y'all. I appreciate it. Yeah.